All right, everybody, welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And we'll be getting uh, a little more into 26 shirts because because we, we got a rare sneak preview of the new shirt coming down the line. And uh, I know I'm excited about it, but we'll, we'll mention that a lot more later in the show. Um, hopefully everybody's good uh out there in the listening land simply because there is a massive heat wave moving across the country uh so take care of yourself drink lots of water and just, hey, remember people beer is not good for rehydration however i still suggest you drink lots of it um in any case uh chris and ben are with me this evening and we are going to break down the defensive positions for the steelers as we are literally one week away from the black and gold, being on the fields of St. Vincent College in La Trobe. And by the way, it is St. Vincent College. Uh, common error for people to say St. Vincent's. So there, I, I just uh, did something um, that um, will help all of you now. Any case, uh, Chris, uh, how, how's it going? Uh, looks like he's going to grab some water. So I guess I'm going to go with Ben. Uh, ben, how's things uh, for you tonight? Well, I'm not drinking water, so... Well, I, I guess, would expect uh, not. You know, I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm gonna go work out after this, Chris. Uh, Good for you. Chris already yeah. did that. He, you know, he has the uh, the advantage of of having the afternoons off, so he can go he work does. out before we do the podcast. Bastard. Well, he also has the advantage of tremendous youth compared to you and I. Yeah, um, well, that, which always factors in. But uh, I don't want to use that uh, as an excuse. That is why are we slandering? <laughs> why are we slandering my youth? <laughs> well, we were we were just discussing the fact that Ben was going to work out. You've already worked out. Uh, I got in a semi workout today. I'm not going to call it a workout. That's for darn sure. Uh, but uh, in any case, uh, we are we are here for your entertainment, people. There's no doubt about it. Um, before we get into the positions, uh, you know, Ben, you brought this up just before we started recording. Um, you know, the Steelers have kind of a, a, a new sheriff in town, if you will, on defense in terms of uh, Terrell Austin. Um, and and to our understanding, and this is something that we do have to confirm. But we, we are under the impression that Keith Butler will still call the defense. Uh, what do we expect, Ben, in terms of Terrell Austin's involvement uh, with the Steelers' defense? My understanding is that Austin will have more input on the passing defense than he will, mm-hmm. and, and specifically the DBs, but, but on the right. passing defense than he will – on the run defense, which will still be entirely Keith Butler's purview. Um, It makes sense that Butler would continue to to call the defense because Austin's also going to have the additional role of being the quote-unquote replay coach (laughs) who's keeping an eye on what's going on on the field in terms of, you know, real-time challenges and, and questions that he can relay down to Mike Tomlin to to talk to the, the officials about. It's not just going to be about replay. It's going to be about, hey, this guy's holding my guy, you know, keep an eye on yep. that, that kind of thing. Um, so it makes sense that Butler would continue to to call the plays themselves. But Austin's definitely going to have a role in designing the the passing defense right. and scheming it. And in scheming it, he's he's going to be another coordinator on that staff, and he definitely is the senior defensive backs coach. 
And we will get into a lot more of his role as kind of the the uh, replay assistant stuff. But, you know, as many of you know, Mike Tomlin has not had a real good record when it comes to no. challenging plays with the old red flag thing. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll get into that in a, in a later episode as we get closer to the season. Um, you know, Chris, what what do you know about Terrell Austin? I mean, he, he's been around the NFL a little bit. I mean, are are you High on this, slow on this, or are you kind of in that eh position? I mean, where where are you with Terrell Austin? Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of glad he's around just because of the um, kind of divisional workload in, defense, in the defensive backfield. Um, so each coach can focus on their selected group. Um, we'll make it easier. Um, you know, smaller classrooms always um, produce better results. So um, I like that aspect. Um, and then I also like that he's going to help out with um, with challenges because, I mean, I don't know how what, what his record is, you know, overall with mm-hmm. being uh, here in that area. But um, Tomlin needs help. And if, if we can get another set of eyes on this, uh, that would be great. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm a Mike Tomlin fan, and uh, it's pretty well known. But yeah. you know, one one of his faults is is by far definitely um, him challenging some, sometimes, and he just seems very desperate. Or you know, he seems to try to appease fans and appease um, kind of the whole fandom by uh, challenging certain things where we we just really know that he's not going to win them. So um, I'd rather not cost us timeouts, not cost time, not cost uh, anything more negative than what we need. But um. Uh, Terrell Austin's actually from Sharon, Pennsylvania. He's from um, probably about 15, 20 minutes from where I grew up, so that's pretty cool. Um, he's been on the, on the defensive side of the ball since 1991, so he's got a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, I'm with it. I'm with this move. Yeah, I, I think overall it's good, and I, I think for the reasons you both kind of explained in terms of what he'll bring, uh, gives the position guys, uh, coaches a little bit less to have to deal with. Um, and as you mentioned, Chris, you know, you can shrink down those those meetings, those those uh, classroom uh, sessions and stuff to where you have less guys and, and guys can, can learn a little bit better. So, you know, I, I like it. We'll, we'll see where we are uh, by week six, by week eight, by week 12, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, I like it right now. Um, let's move to uh, the actual positions here. And we'll, we'll start on the defensive line and then we'll kind of move, move back in the defense from there. Um, we know the obvious. We know that Cam Hayward's there. We know that Javon Hargrave is there. And, you know, if you've heard some of our previous shows over the last month, we, we talked a lot about Javon Hargrave um, uh, in terms of getting a contract extension. And we won't go there tonight, but it's definitely something you, you want to go back and check on. Um, and then, of course, to find to it, which I think all three of us believe he has to play better. He has to play more to his salary, the amount of money he's earning. He's really not uh, lived up to that. But then after that, of course, you have uh, Tyson Alaalu, who who I think has done a nice job as a reserve. Um, but, you know, then it gets interesting. Um, you know, Ben, what <laughs> – how many guys do we usually carry on the defensive line, first of all, and who is going to try to fit in to those final couple of spots? Uh, usually they carry six. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to think that um, Mr. Bugs has got an advantage as being a, a recent draft choice. Uh, he's a guy that 
they've those got Carl, some, those Carl Dunbar too. Yeah, that, that Dunbar's got some familiarity yeah. with, and and he probably made the call on bringing him in. The first three spots obviously are solidified. There's not anybody that's going to challenge Hayward, Javon Hargrave, or or to it for their spots, right. even though we criticize to it all the time um, on this show because mm-hmm. he he has this immense potential that's that's unrealized. He still isn't going to be challenged for his job. Tyson Alualu is probably your number four, which leads two spots open. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is that's going to be Bugs and uh, Dan McCullers, uh, who isn't outstanding, but you know he can play nose in a spot. He's very difficult yeah. to move. He just doesn't move very well from the spot. When yeah, he's, he, he's a space eater, you know. Yeah, that's uh, um, it. And I think the sad part with McCullers is we've all seen him have that one play where he just destroys an entire offensive line in front of right. him, you know, and it's like, where's that? You know, right. and, and we've, we've all been asking that question for some time. Um, Chris, are there any of these other guys? Because, you know, the Steelers have pretty close to a dozen defensive linemen uh, in camp. I, I mean, you know, Ben mentioned uh, Isaiah Bugs, uh, rookie at Alabama. I, I mean, this kid Gilmore from from LSU. Of course, Mister Hooks is back. Uh, you, you got a few others. I mean, is, is anybody in there potentially going to push for a, a spot? Um, you know, they signed Connor Sheehy, um, guy out of Wisconsin. Um, oh. Winston Craig, he's from the AAF, I believe. Uh, Casey Sales is a guy that I'm kind of intrigued with. Um, only one year on his belt, but um, you know, he's a guy who kind of went back and, and watched his tape just a little mm-hmm. bit, and I like what I saw. So I think that he can maybe push a little bit, but he's more of a uh, non-versatile uh, five-tech. So, um, you know, you're going to have to show versatility if you're going to be in the back end. Um, yeah. And McCullers doesn't, but uh, I, I think that he can make a push perhaps. If they want McCullers, I think he's only really good for um, being a run stuffer and on goal line situations, and even yeah. then – um, mm-hmm. his inconsistency is just um, very off-putting. You know, I, I'm a guy who who just lo- loves consistency. You know what you're going to get when they're on the field. Um, right. You're going to give it their all. It's just that. Uh, inconsistency, like Jordan Berry, Dan McCullers, um, you know, it's just – you're always on your toes when they're on the field, and that's just not a good feeling as a fan. You, <laughs> yeah. you, you want to, you want something a little bit more stable. That's um, a good point. And and I'm just not, I'm just not with that, uh, with that jive. So um, I would like him to be uh, dethroned, for, you know, if you want to use those words. But um, I'm, I'm not stoked past uh, past bugs, to be honest. You know, Casey Sales, yeah. if he can make a push, that'd be great. But um, you know, they did bring a lot of, in a good amount of bodies. Um, to, they to they did. This, depth um which is good to see uh we wish we, we could do that for other positions but um they, they seem to uh bring in a lot of guys so uh that's kind of telling you know it should be a, a an under the radar kind of um battle in camp yeah i think so too i i think you know those those top four spots seem to be very solid and then you you know you've got hooks you figures got the inside track for the fifth and then who's going to fit in there and i agree with you you've got to have versatility if you're just a one uh trick pony it, it definitely does not help you uh in that respect yeah but we um, we all said that last year specifically about dan mccullers and the fact that he was being outplayed seemingly yeah. in the in the preseason by levon hooks Yep, and I really thought they should have kept Hooks over McCullers, and they kept mm-hmm. McCullers. Agreed. Yeah. So you know, 
this is one of these things where they've got a specific role in mind for every slot along the defensive line. And one of those guys is going to be that space eater who comes in in goal line situations and is just difficult to run around. And, you know, that's the thing that Dan McCullers does. And he is a one trick pony. He doesn't do anything else. I mean, no, hit the nail on the head before Mark, when you're talking about it. Yeah. And and I mean, he's, he's just on a one year, pretty, pretty minimal contract, isn't he? No, he's on a three year deal now. McCullers is. Yeah. Holy shnikes. I didn't realize that. Um, What? Come up for yeah, it's, yeah. It, it wasn't a very, I mean, it's an easy deal to cut, but yeah, yeah. no, they, uh, they uh, signed him to a long-term deal. Is it two or three years? I'll, I, I'll look on right now. Too. I need to look this up before I have it a It doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. It, it, it cut him tomorrow. And it's not a big deal. It, no, it's, it's, it, it's yeah. not, it, um, it's not a big thing. Yeah, I um, miss this. Let me. Uh, I, I want to transition because I know the linebackers always take up a lot of conversation. And uh, let me see. No, it's a two-year deal. Yeah. I was wrong. Two years. I was wrong. Okay. It's two okay. years, but um, they gave him two fifty to sign, which isn't you know, that's not anything nah, that they would right. sneeze about cutting a guy over. I mean, basically, that's a hey, you've been a loyal guy. We're going to bring you back for two more years at low salaries. Here's a little bit of a of an advance uh, on that salary. Here's two fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes he's going to schedule to make a million dollars this year and a million five next. Um, so he's a real easy cut if they decide yeah. they want to cut him. Right, Mark, and, if and, they cut him, you have to invite him over for dinner and then cash in your pension to pay for all the food. <laughs> yeah, the boy can eat. I'll bet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I, we we've heard those stories. Yeah, um, but you know, defensive line is what it is and and you know i i think that's really the question is mccullers even going to be around and if he's not then who's going to be uh, uh filling filling his void so to speak um guys let's get to the outside linebackers because we we know we're going to have some conversation here and so i want to make sure we we get to it um tj watt phenomenal great draft pick he's he's done great on and off the field okay we don't need to mention him anymore um uh, bud dupree we know is in his fifth year option year. He's making over nine million dollars this year. Um, you know, I wrote a, a little piece as I um, uh, self promote here, just just about what the future is because um, one way or another, he's really not coming back. I mean, if he has a huge year, he's going to price himself out of what Pittsburgh will pay him, and if he has a crappy year, Pittsburgh's going to want to get rid of him anyway and not want him around. So well, I really a possibility that he, he could come back. And it, I, there I, is, and I, 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 I did play that in advocate here for a minute, and just sure. you know, and that's that if he's if he's slightly above average, if he gets like seven sacks, seven or seven and a half sacks. Right. You know, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, well, we'll bring you back at a, you know, kind of a medium dollar figure, which will undoubtedly piss off a lot of fans. Oh, yeah. A million dollars a sack. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's that seems to be Ian's rule. And and I think he's probably right, Um, which which means that that this year, Bud is dramatically overpaid. But (laughs) I. I kind of find myself, you know, hoping that that isn't the case, but you, you just, you never know. I, uh. Well, I, you know, is there any way, I don't know, that's not the way, right way to say it. I mean, Chris, you, you'd love to see Ola Denier take that over, wouldn't you? 
Oh yeah, and, that's my you know, that's my prediction. That's my hope. That's my dreams. That's uh, my eggs in that basket. Um, if he can prove that he is uh, at least decent in coverage, I, I think uh, he at least overtakes Chick for sure. Um, Chick is very cuttable before next year, and it's actually an encouraging cut if you look at the, the you know, his contract. Oh, yeah. So. Um, yeah. I'm I'm liking Ola. I'm liking him uh, more for the future. I think if he could really just master um, you know his hit movement and his flexibility, his side on the sideline, um, mm-hmm. you know he's he's got the IQ. I mean he's a smart guy. Um, if he can just you know with that flexibility get him get him to that spot just a little bit quicker, um, he could turn it into someone that you can play on three downs and and not have to sub out and um, who can probably get you around eight sacks uh, at least. Um, th- that's kind of my, you know, that, that's my hope for him um, in his first year as a starter, if it comes to that. But um, I really hope that, you know, by, you know, by the bye week that we're seeing Ola in the starting lineup and we're very encouraged. We got two pass rushers off the edge. We've got Hargy at the middle. We've got uh, Hayward coming off two with mm-hmm. healthy and he, and he's, you know, causing havoc. We have Bush coming out with speed. We have uh, Vince Williams thumping. Uh, you know, just it's a lot to be encouraged for that with that front seven if those things come to fruition. And um, that's what I would love to see. I would just love to see it. So, we're Chick, we're all fans of Chick. Uh, no, <laughs> we are. Hard pass. <laughs> I, I couldn't say that with a straight face. Look, Anthony Chikillo is a guy. He was a defensive end. He, you know, they 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 had him drop a ton of weight. He's become an outside linebacker. He, he, nobody argues that he's really, really good on special teams. Um, but, you know, as an outside linebacker in the Steelers system, uh, he just doesn't do anything for us. And the fact that the Steelers continue to kind of um, make him that top reserve is troubling uh, because the three of us don't see it. And I don't know that many others do either. Um, so we, we talked about all that Um I mean, but but who else is going to play that outside position? I mean, Sutton Smith, they're already messing around with him on uh, as an H-back, fullback type thing. I mean, he played an edge rusher in college at Northern Illinois. But, I mean, when you look at his size and stuff, I mean, is, is there a spot for him anywhere, Ben, to, to play okay. with this defense? Maybe. But let, let, let's back up here a, a quick minute on sure. two, two points. Chris mentioned that it's, you know, it's an easy cut to cut Chicklo next year. It is. If Chicolo is on the roster next year on the third day of the league year, which is on or about, say, March 18th, March. Yeah. Uh, he gets a $500,000 roster bonus, okay, which will basically guarantee they're going to keep him and pay him another $4.5 million for next year. If they cut him before that day, they save $5 million against the cap. Ooh, okay? I like that. So basically the idea there is to force them to make a decision long-term about whether or not they want to keep Anthony Ciccolo. Uh, I think this was, and I'm going to tip my hat again to the Patriots. They saw yep. a rival who had a problem with depth at outside linebacker. And so they signed him to, or they made an offer to made him. An offer. They didn't sign him to anything. They made an offer to him and said, hey, we'll pay you this much. But they didn't make it so high that the Steelers wouldn't swoop in there and match. Right. They just they just overpaid him by a little bit on a two-year deal. Then it's not a whole lot of risk there. I mean, basically, they could take him in, and they could, they could 
you know, work with them for a year and pay them $3 million. Or they can force the Steelers to, to overpay for a, a reserve outside linebacker, which is what they did. Uh, the Steelers were in a position where they didn't have much depth because what they had behind Chicolo was mm-hmm. Ola Denny yep. and uh, Keon Adams, who's now Keon gone. Adams at, yep. Who's now gone. And that was it. So they, basically they had to make a decision. And when you got a gun to your head, and it's like, well, it's an affordable deal. We should probably just go ahead and do it. You do it. But yeah, he can be cut. I wanted to spell yeah. one other thing. Um, and, and we've talked about this on this show before. I'm surprised Mark doesn't remember. But well, I might when I hear it. Before Chicolo was drafted, he was already down to 263 from 290 when he where he played at Miami. Mm-hmm. The Steelers didn't have him lose a bunch of weight. He'd already lost the weight. He plays now at about 253, 255 in that range. Uh, I, yeah. I thought he was heavier than that when he came in. No, he was 263 on the day of the draft. Okay. Um, and I'd have to look at what his combine weight was, but it wasn't much more than that. It was like 267. Okay. Yeah, I would have to defer back to that too. Okay, so uh, the Steelers didn't say to him, hey, we need, we need you to lose a bunch of weight. He lost a bunch of weight because mm-hmm. he doesn't have long enough arms to play a defensive end. He's not a guy who can, who can in the NFL – play with a hand in the dirt he doesn't have long enough arms to to fight with offensive tackles he's not that guy okay now sutton smith do i think he can play defense Eh, maybe i don't know i have the same questions about him that i do ola i think that ola is probably you know honestly their second best pass rusher behind tj watt and he's you know, based on what I saw last year, he's solid in pursuit, which is something you need to be at outside linebacker. And he's not quite there yet, setting the edge in the mm-hmm. NFL. And he's not great in coverage or wasn't. You know, that's a year ago. Yeah. A lot of things change over the course of a season. So I'm, I'm hoping to see improvements in those two areas this year. Um, Sutton Smith, same questions. I'm sure he can pursue. That guy is yeah. fast. Yes, he is. Um, I think that he can be a finesse pass rusher, but can he do those other things you need your outside linebacker to do, your edge your edge player in the Steelers' defense? Can he set the edge? Can he cover? Uh, I don't know. So we'll see. I think he's going to have a role regardless on the team. Oh, definitely. As a core special teams player, which is awesome. You know, he, I mean, you look yeah. at the guy and you're like, yeah, okay. But then they also brought Ulysses Gilbert in. and. Yep. I kind of wonder what he can do. And I, I look at both those guys and I'm like, they could play inside outside. Either one of them could. So I, you got Gilbert yeah. there. You got some depth there at linebacker that, that you didn't have last year that I I'm, I'm pretty excited about, honestly. No, I am too. And I, Gilbert is kind of like this forgotten guy. I mean, everybody was talking so much about Sutton Smith and obviously Devin Bush that, that Gilbert is kind of this forgotten dude. But when we profiled him prior to the draft, we all were kind of excited about what he could potentially bring. So um, he, he's definitely somebody to, to keep on the radar. Um, you are listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh, and you still have just a couple of days to get the uh, Believe In uh, shirt that they have right now, not based on Le'Veon Bell, but Mr. Josh Bell, the guy the guy that hits dingers, the guy that hits dingers, I love that kid, 
Remember that video from the World League World Series? I hit dingers. Um, yeah, and, and it's a great shirt. And eight dollars from everyone that is sold goes to a very, very important cause. And uh, we also uh, got a little uh, preview of the shirt that's coming out on Sunday. Well, Monday morning, midnight. Uh, and it all, all I'm going to say is it's it's a Pittsburgh Steelers themed shirt, and I think it's very original. I think it's cool. And I'm excited for it. And I can't really say anything more than that. Or or Del Reed will hunt us down, right? And, and prob- no, it's, probably probably a do very cool shirt. And it's it is. Know, but he we swore can, we we can preview a little bit of it. It's 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 Devin Bush. Oh, oh he's he's got your address, man. He's coming for you now. It's Devin Bush themed, and it's a really cool shirt. And I think you guys are going to be excited by it. And and you should. Check this out as soon as it comes out. It's a really Look, great design. I'll tell you what it is. It's Denton. I I don't have. I haven't even seen it. No one shows. <laughs> no, you don't have it. Uh, <laughs> it's a great shirt. Let's just put it, it that way. It's cool as hell. It is. It is. And uh, the, the the little the little tweaks that were made in it are uh, are awesome. No, and, it's a, it's uh, a great design. Yeah. I I think yeah. this is the best one they've done in a long time, and I, I do I'm too. excited about it myself. I do too. Um, anyway, let's get back. Let's move to the inside linebackers, guys. Um, from what I've heard, we've we've drafted this really speedy kid uh, who just turned twenty one today, I believe. Uh, Devin Bush. Yep. I, I, I hear he's going to be good, or at least they think so. Um, my my question, Chris, to you is: uh, How much does Vince Williams see the field? And um, explain maybe why he sees it more than we think. And, and I think you know what I mean by that. Um, well, they play at two different positions. Vince Williams right. plays, you know, he, he plays the um, the max or sorry, the, pro, the buck, no, the buck spot. Yeah, um, he is going to be, uh, you know, man, it's tough because we don't really know um, what exactly um, Mark Barron was 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 brought in uh, for. We don't know exactly what he was yeah. brought in for. It seems yeah. to be that he was brought in to play the Mac in case we didn't get a linebacker um, top heavy in the draft. Uh, that right. said, um, Vince Williams is going to have to prove that he's not a complete liability in coverage if Keith Butler doesn't put him on goddamn wide receivers again. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not Vince's fault. It's not Vince's fault. Can we just say no, that real quick? It's, it's not, not Vince's, no, it's not Vince's no. fault that he can't cover a number one rise wide receiver that – who happens to line up in the slot? Yeah, who happens to line up in the slot because he plays for a smart offensive coordinator? Yeah, yeah. No, I, we all we love Vince. It's just, oh, but, but I love Vince. Yeah, yeah. He needs to get back to his former glory of rushing the passer. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that anymore, just because of how good Devin Bush is. But at the same time, um, Vince Williams in the A gap is is tough to block, um, even on. Um, you're, you're just shooting that a gap. He's just so strong. Yeah. He knows how to get to the quarterback in a straight line. Um, Allah, yeah. not Bud Dupree. He can get to the quarterback quick. <laughs> he can cause havoc. He can make them uh, make the quarterback throw the ball quicker. Um, I like Vince in the a gap. I really do. Uh, I just don't know how, what his role is now in that area yeah. with Devin Bush because Devin I Bush think, had the similar success. I think, I think that, and 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 this is just kind of a piggyback on what you just said. Is that they're still going to run that cross blitz? Where oh yeah you know what, basically what they used to do with Shazier was they they'd run Vince through first knowing that he was the stronger player and they'd run Shazier around second knowing he was the faster player <laughs> and you got to kind of pick your poison and people would either stop Vince and open up a window for Shazier to get in or they the would Fire X. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or they would uh, they would try and block Shazier, which would give Vince an opportunity to nab a sack. And it was very difficult to beat. And I agree with you, Chris. I, I see it. I see that coming again this year, which is why he'll still play some passing downs. Well, it, it, to be very, very clear, too, I, I think there's a misconception I've seen a lot of Steelers fans have. And, Chris, you alluded to this. Um, Mark Barron does not really play the same position as Vince Williams. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think I've even seen some of the journalists, the Steelers journalists, talk about, well, Vince Williams is in trouble with with Mark Barron there. It, it, they don't really play the same position there. Um you know, Barron, as you said, was brought in in case they couldn't get a Devin Bush. Um, so that that's the situation. And I, I, I just want to make that clear because I think some fans are under that impression. Now, I'm not saying that you wouldn't see Barron and Bush on the field at the same time. That That's not impossible. I think but we, ter- I know, think we, the- we need to bear in mind, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> excuse me. Sure. We, we need to be aware of the fact that when, when Barron showed up, for uh mandatory minicamp and weighed in he was 216 yeah 216 pounds they asked him to play lighter this year than he played in la last year i think that gives us a a hint yes about what they're going to do with him this year and he's going to play linebacker but he's going to be a dimebacker slash safety Mm -hmm. which is what they wanted Mr. Burnett to be last year and yeah. he was not. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And um, I just think that needs to be clarified that, that, that we're talking about two very different things here. Um, and, and yeah, thanks for pointing out the part about his weight. I mean, at two sixteen, you are not playing uh, consistently at linebacker. There's just, there's just no way. Um and, and Chris, anything else on the inside, guys? I mean, you know, Tyler Matikevich, we, we know about his special teams prowess, but, I, I mean, he, he's got to be getting on thin ice at some point here. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Ulysses Gilbert. I mean, who knows what they're going to do with him. Um, you know, I mean, is, what else do you see happening there, or, or have we covered the bases? Um, Tyler Matikevich, I'm pretty sure he leads the team in, for the past couple of years in special teams tackles. That's going to be mm-hmm. tough to thrown just because of how good yeah. that is just because of how good he is there um, point. yeah it's yeah. It, it's tough to replace that you don't know what you're going to get out of gilbert or um Sutton smith um justin lane you know any, any of these guys on, on yeah. special teams that you're putting in you don't really know what you're getting you know what you're getting with medicaid which on special teams which is valuable and I, i'm pretty sure dan smith is going to be patting the table for for some for him to be on uh on teams uh we might see um a good amount of inside linebackers kept um, and, and for different reasons. No, I think it's a great point. He is yeah, great it, on special teams. It could Go be ahead. like one of those, those Bill Cower years when Cower would keep like 10 linebackers. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, okay, what are you guys to do with all these guys? And he put them all on special teams duty to develop them. And, you know, he was, he was two and a half deep at every spot. And it was just like, wow dude okay if that's what you want to do and this could be another year like that i mean chris is is definitely on to something yeah well i mean yeah you look at the outside guys we talked about you look at the inside guys you look at the rookies yeah i I mean obviously there's a long way to go here in training camp and stuff but (laughs) it's certainly headed that way um Let's let's move over to uh, the safety position, guys, because I, I know that that's been a little bit more on our 
um, uh, our agenda than the cornerbacks were. And if we don't get to them tonight, we'll certainly get to them again soon. Um, where is this team, Chris, with safeties uh, in your mind? Uh, in shallow water, uh, if I can make an analogy with that. Um, hey, certainly. Uh, it's a puddle. Real quick, puddle. Um, yeah. Uh, if Sean Davis goes down, we have no true free safety. Nope. That's that's worrisome. Um, you, we would, I, personally, sorry, not we, uh, would like to see Cameron Kelly kind of take um, – a step forward to be the backup free safety and just hone on, hone on that. Um, so the drop off isn't, you know, extremely deep with a guy. Remember like Will Allen would come in and, and just mm-hmm. absolutely have no clue what he was doing. Um, <laughs> that's not what you want. You want a guy with, you know, some knowledge of the position um, who's been there um, at least through camp. Um, if Sean Davis goes down, um, we are, we are screwed. Uh, I'll say that. I, I think, and then behind uh, Edmonds, you know, who do you have? You have a uh, rookie PJ Locke, uh, UDFA. You have um, a nobody. You, you, Locke is more known for being really a hitter than a cover guy. Yeah, I mean, how, what do you what do you have? That's tough to swallow, especially with uh, a guy like Trey Boston out there. Um, you would really like to to get someone like that into the mix, where you have veteran presence back there because the Davis and Edmonds are both young. You have, mm-hmm. have a guy who has an effort to turn the ball over, who's good in coverage, um, good guy off the field. I mean, it only comes down to money, in my in my opinion, with him. Um, he just can't seem you – know, is he a bad locker room guy? I don't know, because he can't seem to, to cling on to a team for more than one year, but he's very productive on the field. So um, – you know, besides the two starting safeties, it, it's gonna it, it's gonna be something to watch for in camp. Who's gonna emerge? Who's gonna just fall out? Who who's gonna mm-hmm. show that they could turn the ball over? Uh, we we know Cameron Kelly could do that. Um, we know Trey Boston can do that, and he's not even on the goddamn team. But who else can do that? Uh, we know Devin Bush has had trouble with that. We know Stephen Nelson can do that. We know Hayden could do that. Yeah. Uh, Davis doesn't do that, and Edmonds doesn't do that so far. Um, Brian so, Allen. Well, now that's a right there. Well, he's listed as free safety, uh, isn't he? On the on the team's official depth chart, he's listed as a free safety. That's correct. Right, right. Because on their official roster, he's still listed as a corner. He's listed as a corner. Yeah. But on the depth chart, he's been moved to free safety, which I think should have happened at the latest last year, preferably the year before. But you know. It, uh-huh. And, uh-huh. It occurs to me that what they're trying to do is find a spot for him. They want to keep him, but they don't like him that much at corner. So it's like, well, right. okay, let's try you at safety and see how things go. Uh, you well, looked at yeah. PJ Locke before. Yeah, that yeah. guy cannot cover. If he makes no, a team at all, no. it's going to be a special teams duty. He's a straight line. I'm sorry. I do. I really do want to see him on special teams. What he can do. Uh, yeah, I, he's a hammer. I agree. He, he, he's he's a that. hitter. He's a hitter. There's no question, and, and he, you know, he's fearless. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like being, you know, your cover skills as a safety. I feel like they can really, they can really develop as, as you know, young guys. I feel like they can really develop being in a system, being, you know, Texas. You know, when was the last time Texas had a good secondary? Um, you know, they're not coached very well. Um, that's something to, to to kind of put up there. And he's going to be with, uh, I think, Terrell Austin is the safeties coach now. Uh, he's going to be with him. Um, he's going to be with a group of guys who, who are going to help him. You know, I, I don't want to count guys out with, uh, with, with something that they could improve on. Um, and I think he could improve in this area. 
So, um, you know, I would like to at least keep him on the practice squad if he doesn't, you know, emerge, which is just because I feel like being in coverage uh, as a free safety, you have to be smart. And if you can prove that, then I think the rest will kind of develop and come along. Um, I mean, well, look at Daniel. He's stuck around. I mean, look, what does he really offer? Um, so I, I think PJ Locke is a, is a better version and younger version of, of a danger field. And he, and danger field hung along, hung around for how long? Sounds like three, four. Well, years old. again, another good guy, but a guy who has hung on longer than any of us felt that he should. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I, I mean, he's, he's really, you know, as we call it, just an in the box safety and he doesn't really offer that much outside of that. So I, Both I don't know. I, Marcus yeah, Allen, I think box safety in a league that doesn't use box safeties and, and Jordan Dangerfield's a, a box safety yeah. in a league that doesn't really use box safeties. And, you know, I, neither one of those guys are really known for their their coverage ability. Nope. So it's not – things aren't good there. And nope. uh, it, it's, it's a concern from my perspective because they signed and drafted a safety last year to address the problem, and they still have a problem. Yeah. Um, and maybe they've got a plan. You know, we, we talked before about Barron being lighter. Uh, and being able to play, you know, that that third safety role in the middle of the field, kind of the, you know, up against the, mm-hmm. that that box safety dimebacker who can cover also on you know on passing downs, um, and and also play, you know, the Mac should uh, Bush go down for for right. a short period of time or something along those lines. But I, you know, it, it's a real concern, and really makes me question. What the hell Kevin Colbert is thinking when he approaches these things? You know, having Trey Boston out there, for example, granted, Boston's looking for a starter's role, but this late in free agency, I mean, wouldn't he just accept a role on a team? Well, and and at the same time, if I'm his agent, aren't, aren't I looking at the Steelers like, you know, hey, Trey, this team is like one twisted ankle away from you being a starter anyway. Right. Um, you know, so why not look there? So to me, it's, it's probably about the money. It's probably about how much PT, um, all those things. But I, then I would also have to, you know, go back to what Chris was saying. I mean, the guy just can't seem to cling on anywhere. So is he a locker room presence? That's a problem. I mean, what is it? Because when he, when he plays, he produces, you, you can't argue the numbers. They are what they are. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, we're winding things down here, uh, on the show and, and, uh, we're, we're not going to get nearly as much time to talk about cornerbacks as we wanted. Um, Chris, the, the one big variable there, of course, will be Justin Lane. I mean, uh, Joe, Joe Hayden's got one side locked down. We assume Steven Nelson will come in and lock the other side down, but we have questions about, you know, Mike Hilton. He's a, a exclusive rights free agent. He's doing all the right things right now, but is not signed his tag. You, if you would call it that, um, wants a long term deal, and and we're not there yet. So, and then you got Justin Lane, the rookie who uh, everybody seems to really really like. So, what what is going to happen at, at the cornerback position? Um, it's pretty top heavy. Um, yeah, I think we're in a decently good situation just because our stars outside with Nelson Hayden, you know, it's a good situation there inside. We have Hilton. Um, 
that's what you want to see because that means that Hilton has played well in camp and throughout preseason and what have you. Um, you know, if someone goes down, let's just say it's uh, Hayden, just because he has that kind of back. Uh, we're, look, we're looking at at Justin Lane coming in um, to, mm-hmm. to, to be the starter there. Um, you don't really want that year one, but you know after reviewing his tape, I think that he can do it and, and do it in a, in a pretty good fashion as long as he keeps his head up and. Um, Man makes plays, and that's what you're going to see from him. Um, if Hilton does not um, kind of take hold of that slot cornerback spot because he wasn't doghouse last year, um, yeah, at the end at of the Cam- year he was. You're looking at Cameron Sutton at that spot, or you're looking at Nelson in that spot with Cameron Sutton or Justin Lane at the outside spot. You don't want to see that um, either. So uh, if we stay healthy, we're looking good in that area. Um, mm-hmm. Artie Burns, uh, you know, I don't think he should be on the roster. Um, we have, we have a few guys that we brought in. Um, guy to Houston, I really like. Um, I think there's like one other guy. I don't, it's just not not coming to me right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be something. We need something in camp. Watch on my phone um, to to look for. And I really hope that um, a young guy emerges because you want to see that. So um, I'm looking at coming for camp. And um, yeah. if I was the Steelers, I would sign a um, a corner if I could, um, around cuts area, just a, a guy yeah. with experience in the back end. Um, not Cody Sensabaugh, but <laughs> someone like him who can have a bit better presence, who's reliable. Um, yeah. that, 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 that's what I would do. And not okay. have no, I, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you, Ben. Uh, some, some quick thoughts on uh, cornerback situation. I'm only going to talk about one person. Uh, if, if Artie Burns, uh, reports to camp on next Thursday, uh yep. Wednesday. Wednesday. No, Thursday. Wednesday. Thursday. If he reports to camp, he gets eight hundred thousand dollars as a roster bonus. Yeah. If he's not cut before that day. Before that. that will guarantee he's on the roster this year. It will guarantee his salary yeah. because he's he's doing it like another nine fifty on top of that. But if they pay him eight hundred, they're not cutting him. Okay. No. If it were no. me, I would cut him today and I would sign Cody Sensabaugh to take his spot. Oh, right fuck. now, right now, as a number well, six well, corner, well. as a sick. number five six corner, he's no. fine. I just don't want that yeah. to be a starter. He, I don't yeah. want that to be a starter. He knows the defense. He knows the players. He knows their tendencies. He he knows how to fit in. It's an easy fit. It's less money than you're going to pay Artie yeah. this year, and he's a number five or six corner. It's a good value. Yeah. I do it without even thinking about it. I don't sign bad players. It's just me. Well, who else is out there? I don't think he's a bad player. I, I just don't think he's as good as what we want. But when he's a backup, ben, he's a well, backup. yeah, when, yes, he's he's a five or a six corner, and and yeah, you know. But but also, real quick, too, guys, we know that Kevin Colbert does not like to admit that he's made bad draft picks. Uh, and and I I, I don't I, buy I, that. I'm, well, I don't I know. I guess I. I, I think it's something that's been there. He's not a. I don't know. I, we're running out of right But my yeah, my my simple point is just that I I don't I think Burns gets his his bonus. I think he's on the roster. Um, you know, and and we'll hear all season long that you know we we're giving him a shot. We have faith that he can come through. Blah blah blah. But anyway, we're gonna cut it right there. And uh, next week's training camp, and I know we're very very excited to get this baby rolling uh, for the 2019 season. Um, and we'll we'll have all kinds of uh, previews, predictions, uh, 
all, all kinds of stuff, people. I'm running out of uh, things to say. So uh, for both Chris and Ben, this is Steel Dad, and I am signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And, hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.